Today is born the virgin, him who holds all creation in the hollow of his hand. He whose essence is untouchable is wrapped in swaddling clothes as a babe. The God who from of old established the heavens now lies in a manger. In the beginning, three words begin both the book of Genesis and the Gospel of John. This is neither a coincidence nor an accident. John, often referred to as John the Theologian, is teaching us about the true nature of God in Christ Jesus. Just as the uncreated power of God hovered over the face of the deep, so too does that same creative power now dwell within the creation he spoke into being. Familiarity, nostalgia, and sentimentality work together to numb us to the wonder of this truth. And yet, in his goodness and love, our Lord gives us the gift of seasons, rhythms of reflection, and renewal. Every year on this day, we are invited to return to the same story, to reflect again and again upon the great mystery of the Word made flesh. Though the Christmas story is timeless, our encounter with Christ is as unique and as varied as each of our individual stories is. While you may have been filled with hope and optimism a year ago at this time, today you may be overcome with grief and a sense of hopelessness. Hard work and determination slowly give way to apathy and disillusionment. Relational, professional, and emotional wounds may leave you beaten and bruised. But Christmas Day marks the end of our Advent journey, yet it is as much a beginning as it is an end. No matter what life may look like for you today, whether it be full of joy, sorrow, or an interwoven combination of the both, this is a day of creation, a day of new life. It is a reminder that the Lord, who created the very beginning, came into the world to continue that good creation and meets you today with the same invitation to find your place and new beginning within his story of creation. So begin by celebrating today, even in a small way. Enjoy a sample of a Christmas snack or a drink. Open a present. And as you do, create an intentional moment of giving thanks. If you're with family, housemates, or in a group, consider using this time to read aloud and reflect on the story from Luke chapter 2. Help one another prepare your hearts to welcome tomorrow with joy. Let's pray. Oh God, you have caused this holy night to shine with brightness of the true light. Grant that we, who have known the mystery of that light on earth, may also enjoy him in perfect unison in heaven, where with you and the Holy Spirit, he lives and reigns, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen. I think that one of my favorite parts of Christmas when I was younger was uh, gathering with my family and gathering with you know, older people that we didn't hang out with all year long. My Uncle Bob would be there. My Uncle Bob fought in the Philippines when, in World War II. He tells stories of having his tonsils removed while he was in, in the army, that they literally gave him no Novocaine. They just put a thing down his throat and, boom, and told him to swallow his tonsils. 
I don't know if that was true or not, but it was the best story. It was an amazing story. We'd sit and listen to Aunt Kate and Uncle Jack tell stories about growing up in houses that didn't have plumbing, didn't have electricity, had, you know, just a, a glass of water and crust of bread, nothing, nothing at all. And they'd tell us these stories of the good old days, and we'd sit and listen literally for hours and hours to all these great stories. And, and when we were young, of course, we'd sit and wonder, what will it be like to reminisce someday on the good old days? What'll be, what will it be like? Well, the fact is, you know, even if you're sitting on the front row, even if you're, even if you're 15 years old today, you have the experience right now of saying, remember when? Remember Christmas Eve 2020, when all the world seemed so normal? When all, 2019, I'm sorry, when all the world seemed so normal. When, when, when we could go to the store without a mask. When we go to school and not wonder if, if, the, if the school is going to be shut down the next day. Do you remember when? Do you remember all that time back then? And even somebody 15 years old these days is saying something like this, I just wish things would get back to normal. I just love things to be normal again. I got to tell you, when it comes to the Christmas story, it was the most abnormal night in human history. Nothing about it was normal. In fact, the whole season wasn't normal. Nothing about it was normal. And I'm grateful that it wasn't normal. If it had just been another night, another night like all the rest, we wouldn't be able to enjoy the salvation that God has given us through Jesus Christ. There is something beautiful in that which is not normal. And I wonder if instead of longing for normal, what we should be doing is looking at the ways in which we can prepare our hearts to be able to embrace that which is abnormal to be able to embrace that which is extraordinary instead of just the same old stuff all the time. The people in the Christmas story help us to see that, that they, they flourished when things weren't normal. We have Mary. I've heard the stories of Mary and the history of Mary that, that she's likely a teenage girl. This isn't, this isn't a 26-year-old girl who's gone off to college, come back, had a little time with a career, and is now ready to get married. She's a teenage girl. And she's engaged to be married to a man, and she's told by an angel, something that happens to us all the time, right? Angel appears, speaks to her, says, by the way, there's going to be a little hiccup in your plans. You're going to conceive a baby, not of human origin, and you're going to bring that baby into the world. And by the way, the guy you're engaged to, he's probably not going to take it too well, but, but, but just trust me, it's all going to work out okay. Most of us would get that news and say, would you please just give me a dose of normal? But not Mary. Mary said, may it be to me according to your word. You know what she said? God, whatever you want, I'm open to it. Whatever you want, I'm open to it. Think about your life right now and the thing that you resist the most. Would you be willing to say, God, whatever, whatever you want, I'm open to it. You see, for Mary, I think she had unreserved openness. She held nothing back. She just, there was an unreserved openness in her. God, I trust you so much that whatever you want, I want it too. Can you trust God that way? Not God, give me normal again, but God, whatever you want, I want it too. Of course, you have this guy she's engaged to. He gets the news that, that his fiance is going to have a baby from someone else. And then she shares this story. By the way, it wasn't a dude, it was God. 
Yeah, right. Uh-huh. What other Martian stories are you going to tell me, lady? He's, I, he's having a hard time believing this, but here's what I love about Joseph. Joseph, when he gets the news, says, yeah, we're calling this off. He had plans. He had plans of getting married, having children, settle down in Nazareth, enjoying life together, and now his plans are just totally upended. No normal involved in this. But when he got the news, he didn't decide to embarrass Mary as much as he could. The Bible says he decided to put her away quietly, which was a polite way of saying, I'm not going to publicize that the engagement is off, but it needs to end. And that night, an angel appears and speaks to him as well. And when he wakes up, Joseph exhibits what we all need when it comes to abnormal times, reflexive humility. He had a humility of heart that just reflexively decided, I will do what God desires no matter what it might cost me. Even if people whisper, even if people think I'm nuts, it doesn't matter. I'm going to do what God wants because I am a humble person. I'm reflexively humble. Could you say that of yourselves? That, that humility comes naturally. It comes reflexively. We, of course, have the shepherds out in the hillside. I love these guys. They're just having an ordinary night. Very, very normal. And suddenly, their sleep is completely disrupted by an angel and then a multitude of the heavenly hosts. I, I, I wonder when the angels went away. It doesn't say this in Scripture. But I wonder if the angels went away and they all looked at each other and kind of did a, did, did you see that? You know, just a little sanity check. Okay, you did. Good. It wasn't bad mutton weight early tonight. I get it. I get it. And, 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 they, and then they say, it says, they decided that they would make haste and go see what the Lord, where the Lord was born. They would make haste. They would, they would go. They would listen. And they would do it immediately. You see what I love about the, about the, about the shepherds is that they were, they were hasty in their obedience. They, when they chose to obey, when they knew what God wanted, they didn't go, well, you're not going to weigh it out. I'm not really sure if I want to do that. It's not really convenient. It doesn't fit in my program. It's not the way moderns think. I, I, I have a better way. No. They found out what God wanted, and they were hasty about obeying. They did it reflexively right away. And then we have these wise men. I love these guys. They're referred to as the Magi, uh, men from the East. They are not religious the way we're religious. They didn't worship the God of heaven. They didn't worship Jehovah. We don't even really know what their religion was, but we do know this. They loved to stare at the stars and try to figure out from the stars what was happening in the world. They had a little bit of an astrology side to them. And they're staring at the stars, and one night a star appears so brilliant that they can't ignore it. It's different than anything they've ever seen, and they've got to figure it out. What's this all about? They have no angelic instruction. Follow the star. Figure it out. They, they just, they are drawn. See what I love about them? They had wide-eyed curiosity. Think when we're going through abnormal times, our tendency is to shut our eyes really tight and hope it goes away. We don't want this. What if instead we had wide-eyed curiosity? What if we said, God, what is it you're trying to do right now that you've never tried to do before in my life? What's the new thing you're doing? I want to embrace the new thing. And so with wide-eyed curiosity, you explore instead of backing away, shutting your eyes, retreating. Two other people I love in the story of, of Jesus' birth are, are, are Simeon and Anna. Old, old people in their 80s, 
All their life they had waited and waited and waited for the coming of the Messiah. They believed he'd come in their lifetime. And they just happened to be at the temple one day when Mary and Joseph bring an eight-day-old baby into the temple to be named and to be circumcised. And they recognize that this is the Messiah. The tears that flow from their eyes. Simeon, oh, you can now let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My eyes have seen the salvation that you promised your people Israel. Anna, all my life, I've waited for this moment. You see, in both of them, they had hope-filled anticipation. Sometimes the abnormal squashes our hope. It causes us not to anticipate. It causes us to not dream. It causes us to say, I'm done hoping for anything better. And yet we have in Simeon and Anna people who literally waited a lifetime. They waited 80 years. Have you waited 80 years for anything? I'll tell you what, most of us in this room aren't even close to 80 yet. You have not waited 80 years for anything. 80 years they waited. And the promise was fulfilled. All of these things come together to help us to know how to live through abnormal times. And we're going to pick up on these five themes on Sunday and talk a little bit more about how we cannot get past the abnormal and get back to normal, but how can we live fully in what God has given us right now. And so, Lord Jesus, I thank you that the night of Christmas was one of the most abnormal nights ever. And that the people involved in the story embraced the abnormal. They embraced that which was not the way it was yesterday. They wanted to follow you and love you. And I pray that we would desire the same. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the beautiful parts of a Christmas Eve candlelight service is lighting a candle. And you may have a candle right now. You can go ahead and take that out because we're going to light them in just a few moments. I hate this part from this standpoint. I'm the kind of person that says, this is a beautiful, mysterious, oh, just amazing moment, but it's important to give some instructions so that the building is here after we're done. <laughs> so, for example, when it comes time to pass the light from one person to the other, if you're the person that already has a lit candle, keep it straight up. Let the other person lean their candle into you because we've found through the years that hot wax on a bare leg leads to a shrieking noise that is just absolutely ghastly. So if you have the light, keep the light straight up. Let the person lean in, take the light, and then hold the light. The second thing we said that out at the table that uh, you shouldn't have a candle in your hand unless you're 10 and older. I know some of you are like, but my two-year-old wants to. Let them hold one that isn't lit, okay? You may also just want to look at the person next to you right now and ask yourself the question, should this person be holding a candle? <laughs> you may want to just say, lady, step away from the candle. Dave Papish walked in 70 years old, and I said, no candle for you, young man. You don't get a candle. It's going to be a beautiful moment after all the weird instructions. So we're going to watch a video, and at a point in the video... Jenna and Julia are going to come and light some candles and they're going to work their way down the outside of the inside group and up this row. So they'll come down, they'll come back up 
and we'll light the candles and watch the rest of the video, and then we'll listen to and sing Away in a Manger together. We read it Sunday in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made, even you, even me. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light, it was shining in the darkness. And the darkness could not overcome it. The darkness can never overcome the true light. There can be seasons that feel and seem intensely wicked and dark. But nothing, nothing can extinguish the true light. 
nothing in all the world. 2,000 years. 2,000 years. 2,000 years of following and worshiping Jesus. Nothing has been able to douse the light. Not Nazis, not communists, not atheists, not university professors. Nothing has been able to extinguish the light. And nothing will ever be able to extinguish the light. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory of the Father, full of grace and truth. Lord Jesus, this light we hold in our hands tonight reminds us that you are the light of the world and that you've told us the same, that we are the light of the world and the city on the hill cannot be hid. And so we're to let our light shine brightly before men and women that they may see our good deeds and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Help us to never, ever, ever stop seeing our true identity We're children of the Heavenly Father because of Jesus. And we have a light to shine out to the world. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to, no, keep it down just for a second, okay? Uh, Go back. I like the dark. This wasn't part of the plan. They didn't mess up. Nobody's fired. I want you to sit for at least 30 seconds and just be quiet and stare at the light. Jesus said, peace I give you, not the kind of peace the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. There is no reason for fear. We have Jesus. So we're going to extinguish our lights, and this is the way we're going to do it. Careful instructions. We're going to blow out the light gently. We don't want to blow it so hard that hot wax goes on our neighbor in front of us and they shriek. It's nice if you cup it too, okay? Go ahead and do this. And then, as the smoke rises gently into the air, we're going to test our fire alarm system. (laughs) Keep your candle upright for a moment so that the wax gets a chance to harden instead of having it all over the carpet where we give our cleaners a job to do. We promised you that we'd have you on your way by 4.15, and my clock up here says 4.14. I'll tell you what, that's pretty much a good record right there. We hope that you have just an incredible Christmas together. I don't know what it holds for you. I know for some in this room, they're walking a path of grief this Christmas, and it's not easy. And I know some have the joy of knowing that a baby is on the way or the joy of celebrating a first year with a new baby. I I loved it. Our first year with Brian, he was all of 13 days old little vegetable laying in the middle of the room with gifts all around him. He had no idea what was going on. It was the best. A year later, he was clumping up cake and everything else. But 
Whatever it is, I hope you have a great time celebrating together uh, with your physical families. And as you do, don't forget that you have a church family who loves you very, very much. And we hope you have a really Merry Christmas. We'll see you.